0: There
1: There it is! Wow, that 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 one was slow. That one was slow. Well, 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 ladies
0: and gentlemen, it is S H I T. So happy Thursday, Thursday. and we're ready to rock and roll. So here we go. Shut up and sit down. down. Ah. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you.
1: Fire time. (laughs) You know what time it is. Is it just me or is it getting warmer again in San Diego? It actually, you know, I know we were just talking about it before the show, but the heat wave really is back, especially right here on the Business Bros Pod. Our guest today is passionate about all things entrepreneurial, having built multiple businesses himself. Our guest has not only built his own successful business, his focus now is in helping other businesses of all stages and sizes to build remote development teams quickly and affordably. Our guest has taken what he's learned in business and written two best selling books, and is now the host of one of the top 100 podcasts on iTunes we are just brimming with excitement for the opportunity to learn from one of the industry's bests so without further ado joining us from fullscale.io the author of the million dollar bedroom and balance me a realist guide to a successful life give a warm welcome to the host of the startup hustle podcast matt D. <laughs>
0: Woo! What up, man? man? I
2: can't believe we got 15,000 people into the studio to applaud for me. I mean, <laughs> you guys are – I mean, I should be introducing you two. It's <laughs> impressive. And, 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 and I need to obviously get my marketing team to get their shit together because I've written three books, not two, but that's okay. Oh, yeah, no. I know. I know. The, I know. What,
0: what can you say, man? You, you got to believe everything that's on the internet, right? That's how it works. That's right
2: is that where is that where that sheet came from yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah we're, no, I'm, gonna, a... I'm gonna take notes i'm gonna take notes update the internet <laughs> update uh, the
0: oh, internet man. come yeah. on internet yeah
1: failing come me. on internet dude almost had you <laughs> almost <laughs> yeah. we we're close we we're close we we're close
0: all right man start up three hustle. books that's awesome startup hustle podcast and three books uh, you know, we're at episode 552. We just launched our our, uh, our second podcast called The Carrier Experience, and people always ask me the same question that I'm about to ask you: How the hell do you do it? Where do you find the time?
2: Oh wow, I don't on a lot of days. I mean, that, that's the whole thing. Um, You know, I so I if you ask what do you do? Well, first off, I'm completely unemployable because um, I'm an entrepreneur and I have been for so long. So. You know, I got, I got to hustle. I got to do a lot of stuff, and I got to do a lot of different things. But I mean, honestly, I don't always find the time and the energy to do it. Uh, you try to kind of spin the plates and put out the fires when and where you need to. And um, I mean, I'm 45 years old at this point, so I've learned to do the stuff that is prior that's the biggest priority, the biggest fire, or creates the biggest profit
0: first. That's a that, but that's a targeted idea there, right? There's a lot of people who mm-hmm. get into business and uh, they have the concept of profit when they first get started, but then they start getting into the nitty gritty of operations and we get lost in a lot of things, creating a brand, creating a logo, creating a website, creating, you know, what should the colors of my thing. not entertained? Is this not why you are here? And that's what ends up happening. You get either entertained or distracted. Really, is what happens, and you lose focus on the one thing you were supposed to do, which is be of service to others and/or make a profit. One of those two things, because those two things lead to that profitability standpoint. And the fact that you said, you know, I don't have, I'm busy every day because I'm focused on that. That totally makes sense.
2: Yeah, and you know, there's, I have entrepreneurial ADD, which is you know what kind of (laughs) describes what's going on there, and you got to learn to not always chase the shiny things. And, and then, you know, there's another thing that that I've really learned over the years is you got to learn to be good at one thing before you try to be good at six. And mm, nice. I think that, you know, that that's advice. I, I spent a lot of time talking to startup founders and different business people that do different stuff. And I, that's probably the most common error that I notice when I talk to other people. And, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to want to do a lot of stuff and get caught in the muck and the mire of, of, of you know, starting and running a business. And I, th- I think the key is finding people that can help you, especially ones that want to do the stuff that you don't like, you're not good at, or aren't of the greatest value to the company's, uh, you know, efforts and outcome that your own input would create. And, you know, for example, the current company I'm with right now, FullScale, and we started it just a little over two years ago, we've already have 200 employees. And nice. it, I mean, it's, just, well, yes and no, because, you know, you can, <laughs> you can go out of business and you can grow out of business and they both happen. And, you know, that can happen really quickly in, in both directions. So, you know, sometimes you're trying to keep the sky from falling and other times you're trying to hang on to the rocket. You know why it's going to the moon and and falling off either direction is is not great so yeah we've had to learn a lot and i've had to learn a lot now i've, I've been down that road before you mentioned one of the books that i wrote million dollar bedroom i actually in 2009 started a business in the extra bedroom of my home and i uh, had nothing but a, it had just come out of a divorce the housing bubble and i went back to school as an adult so what a, it's a perfect time to start a new business right <gasps> Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, that's and and if I had that time machine that I just saw on the screen with Bill and Ted, I'd go back and tell myself, maybe this is going to be harder than you think it is. So, <laughs> uh, you know, we just, I mean, figured out a lot of stuff and, you know, that, that but would you just,
1: change it, though, even if it was now, hard?
2: No, but it's funny because, you know, I, I really do a lot of advisory stuff for different startups. And and here in the Kansas City scene, you know, like we're here in the 25th biggest market in the U.S. And uh, it, there's a huge startup scene here. Um, and, and I spend a lot of time talking to startup, uh, in anybody in startups. And I offer my make myself available to give a lot of advice. And along the way, I, I tell my own story and I said, I never, ever thought that, If I had to give myself advice on that first business, I would have said run. So I feel like there's like about a one in a hundred million chance that that worked out. But I mean, that led to everything that we do today. Um, I hired my first employees in the Philippines as a part of that company, and some of them still work for me now. We did a lot of different stuff and a lot of really wild things that. Um, you know, in 2009, you could do an e-commerce that were a little easier to get away with, you know every, and, and suffered some, some Google penalties and some different things along the way mm. that were fun and interesting. But they and you asked, you know, would I go back and change that? No, because I learned a lot. I learned a lot about what not to do and right. how shortcuts often get real painful for you later in some regards. And I think the thing I learned the most is is that success demands payment in advance. There's really no way around that. Like you got to put in the wow. time, you got to do the work. You don't just. you w- I've talked to so many people that say, uh, you know, they're like, "I'm an overnight success, eight years in the making."
0: Yeah, <laughs> you right. know, and maybe, the like, making, that's the key, right? Yeah, there. or
2: something like that. And really, the thing, and, and in my book, Balance Me, that that, that success demands payment in advance. Line was kind of the thesis of the whole thing. I've yet to prove that theory wrong. Um, so yeah, everyone kind of pays it. And they say, "Oh, well, what about the lucky person? And I don't believe in luck either. Luck's preparation and opportunity crossing paths. And, mm. you know, so much well, what about the person that bought the lottery ticket and won? Weren't they lucky? No, they prepared by buying the lottery ticket. Um, I'm not going to win the lottery tonight, guys, cause I'm not prepared. I didn't buy a ticket. And you know, that's, it's just, there's so much of that, that, I don't know. There's you got it. Whether regardless of what type of business you want to do or what you're pursuing, or the the success demanding payment in advance rule. If you've got a, if you've got a a, a example of where that wasn't the case, I'd love to see it because I've been looking for one for about ten years.
0: Well, speaking of buying (laughs) the ticket, right? So you're 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 talking about being prepared, um, and you've spoken to a lot of a lot of startup people. I mean, hence the startup hustle podcast. Um, what should they be preparing for? Because, I mean, there's so many different aspects of business and each of each person that you talk to might have a different skill. One of them might be very good at, you know, talking to clients. One of them might be really good at recruiting uh, agents, which is one of the things that we're looking for personally right now in our insurance company, a recruiter, right, or recruiters. Um, you know, everybody has different skill sets. How do you really narrow down which one it is that they should be focused on? How do they prepare? How do they buy that ticket?
2: Well, I think it starts with doing things you're passionate about, hmm. and you know, uh, and so it, it a long time ago, uh, my my now ex-wife. I've had two wives named Jill. There's the there's the Matt DeCourcy fact of the, of the episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, So the first wife named Jill
1: thought I was working. I'm thinking too of hard. Uh, Ron Swanson. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: Tammy and Tammy, kind of. Tammy yeah, the first Tammy. one was a little crazier. The second one got it right. I got it right. By the way, I do, What have I learned over the years that I'm better at marriage the second try? So there, there's another life hack for you. Get one out of the way, and then you know, find the, the practice and then make. Why do we fall, Bruce? So we can learn to pick ourselves up. Correct. That is very correct there. Um, so you know it, it, but yeah, so the first the first wife wanted me to to do something like she's like, you work too much, you need a hobby. So I tried to find something I was passionate about, and I kept coming back to the fact that I'm really passionate about making money. So I decided making money was going to be my hobby, and I have not worked a single day since I made that decision. And that honestly, and I believe that. I really do believe that, and it helps me get through a lot of stuff. So, if you line yourself up, or your employees, or whomever—whether it's someone you're recruiting, someone that you work with, or yourself—if you're doing things that you're passionate about, it just like you—you become very waterproof. You know, when it comes to the to the the shit that rains down on you as a business Mm -hmm. owner. I can say shit on this podcast, right? Because I already said you it. Just did. Times. Look, it's literally I figured. I knew. Right? I figured it was, it was so happy. <laughs> it's Thursday. So I'm trying to stay on brand here. But, you know, if you can get, if you can find someone that's passionate about whatever you're doing, or like for you guys at your insurance agency, if you find people that are truly passionate about sales, they're going to probably be good at sales. Mm. If you find people that are passionate at organizing or marketing or these different things, and that's really what they love doing, not just what they say they love doing. Uh, then it, it, makes the tough, the nose and the tough side of things really a lot more, you can absorb it a lot more. And that's so at full scale, that's what we do. We try to find high talent, uh, uh, software developers, and then we want to p- pair them up with North American companies. So our employees are in the Philippines and we, cause there's a huge shortage of programmers in the U.S. I S I don't know if you know that there are four, over 400,000 open it jobs that we don't have the people to fill. So wow. that's yeah. It's And it, here's the thing is if businesses don't have the resources or access to the resources or they can't afford the resources they need to be successful, then they go out of business.
0: Yeah. And
2: uh, so but we try to pair people up there that are passionate with the tech with the tech stack that they work with. And if we pair them up with, uh, you know, a company that's passionate about what they do, we find that it's just it's just a super match. It really goes really well. So I really just think passion's the key.
0: So, 200 employees in this in in full scale. It's grown uh, in the last two years. I mean, a huge amount. What do you attribute the growth to? Like, is is there is there a specific uh, formula or pattern that you're doing to grow your business? Some you know, some magic pill that you follow a a recipe to a T, and it it seems to work out. Or or uh, should I go back to the uh, dumb luck example?
2: No, it's definitely not dumb luck. I mean, so much of it. So we say that our, our and I have a business partner. His name's also Matt. So we have Matt, Matt, Jill, Jill. You see where <laughs> I'm going with this. But, so my, my business partner's a, a pretty unique dude. He sold his first software company for $150 million when he was 29. Um, that's a good... That- <laughs>
0: That deserved Ex- a damn.
2: Yeah, exactly. I I do I do that all the time. But so <laughs> and he he's a programmer. I tell people I don't write code. I write checks. Nice. Uh, so we, we've we've made a really good combo because we have a different. We have an angle. We both we've both done. Uh, so you know, te- and most startups that do tech, a lot of them have a non-technical founder and they have a technical founder, like someone that's that it's like Batman and Robin, you know. And uh, we we use Jordan and Pippin as an example. And you got to find a partner that doesn't, you got to not care if you're Jordan or Pippen, you can't be like, dude, I'm, I'm Jordan every time, like get out of the way, throw the ball up near the rim, Scotty. That's not how it works. So um, you got to have BJ Armstrong and Dennis Rodman and a couple other people in there too. They don't, they don't hurt. But as far as the recipe of success, we really just built our company around the things that we felt we needed as tech founders ourselves. So we, we stripped away a lot of the BS and a lot of and we actually simplified the whole process like a lot of companies that we compete with, they have all these layers of management and stuff like that. And look, if you're if you're a founder, and you have a vision, we're not providing you any value by trying to be the conduit for communicating that to the people that help you build your tech. Like we're actually like, it's like that telephone game you played in elementary school where you tell the story all the way down the line. It's like, we don't bring any value. So instead we took a different angle and tried to really just help our, our clients or prospective clients get what they needed. We like to say we're client obsessed. So we are obsessed with our client success because if we aren't and they're not successful, they are not going to stick around. So that's been a lot of what we need to do. So, you know, and yeah,
0: uh, we got a listener question. So can you talk a bit about what your thoughts are about startups, entrepreneurs, and those working gigs? Do you think they're the same or are they all a little bit different? If so, if so, how?
2: Well, that's a good question. So, you know, I, I've had, a, we've actually done episodes on the Startup Hustle podcast about like, what is an entrepreneur? Because some people want to say that someone that opens a subway isn't an entrepreneur. That's not true. Um, mm-hmm. A startup is a business that doesn't come with an owner's manual. And that, that's, that's the key. So um, now you can be an entrepreneur as a startup founder, as a franchise owner, or as a gig economist, right? So mm-hmm. people drive an Uber, they got hustle, dude. Those are entrepreneurs. They're out there. They're taking it. If you, if you are trying to do it on your own, you're an entrepreneur. If you wake up every day and, and you rely on you, to get it done, you're an entrepreneur. Like the, in your insurance agency, like your sales guys on some level or gals are entrepreneurs if they For get sure. paid commission. Yeah. So, you know, there's a, there's a, how do you separate it? Like I said, a startup. Well, uh, and by the way, you're not a startup when the name of your startup becomes a verb. Um, So like, like Uber, like they still call Uber a startup. I'm like, it's a publicly traded company. I Ubered here. You cannot be a startup anymore when you're a verb. But yeah, startup doesn't come with an owner's manual. And that's why But that's also why that the high end and the high ceiling. Of its exit value, and that's why you can make so much money because you got to get get that shit figured out, and then people want to do it. An entrepreneur is, like I said, in my opinion, in my definition, someone that just wakes up and they hustle every day. And that, I mean, you're an entrepreneur if you sell oranges at a at a corner at a stoplight, or a lot of other things. You're an entrepreneur if you're driving Uber. You're doing all these different things, and I mean, that's that's my definition of it. Do or do not.
1: There is no try.
0: So you either are or you're not. You're either yeah. out there grinding, and your your livelihood is dependent on what you're doing, or mm-hmm. you're not. And it's that's pretty simple. And, and well, yep. here here's the other part, because because then you transition, right? Some people, and I think this is where some of those some of those transitions happen. You have entrepreneurs uh, who develop a business whose business processes and systems run themselves. And they've put enough time and effort into it where they're no longer operating or managing or running day-to-day operations in their business. And in my mind, those people are no longer entrepreneurs. They've graduated to investor side, right? They're business owners or investors. And that's a different definition to me because when you when you see the young entrepreneur, the, the beginning person, they look at those investors. They look at those people who've already been in the, in the game for so long and created something so big. And they're trying to emulate that they want to be that person right now, and and I think that's where the shortcut that you talked about earlier. That's where the that's where the shortcuts happen because they see that person who apparently was that overnight success, but they don't see that they don't understand the work that goes into uh, creating that. Can you kind of go into what it took to get you to the point where you're at two hundred employees? Like what what like I something a little you know more defined into those types of steps.
2: Beers and tears, bro. Beers yes. and tears, like on so it many would. days. Beers and tears, like, uh, and that's no joke. Um, what it took, uh, man. Like, I mean, a lot of a lot of help and support. For, I mean, I certainly didn't do it myself. Um, you know, uh, they say that well, it's super cliche. All you can do is all you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to accept that and try to get people around you that that can do stuff. Like our COO is that uh, he's worked with you. We're on our third company together. And um, you know, and, and I trust him, and I know that he's going to get get shit done. Same with our sales director and other people. Um, what it took, man, it took like wild, crazy vision, and like on many days, big balls. Like, and I just say that because, like, dude, like, okay, you say an entrepreneur. Now, I, I do disagree with you a little bit because I think investors are entrepreneurs too. I think anytime you're putting your money on the table and you're like clickety clack and roll the dice, I mean, that's there's some entrepreneurship there um and you know like I, I mean a lot of it and I, 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 I tell people I, if you want to be an entrepreneur you better get ready to go through a roller coaster ride because mm-hmm. uh there's times over this last couple years where I have legit I'm legit i I would tell people they're like well tell me about yourself I am the brokeest rich dude you know <laughs> like, like for real like and I and it's because sometimes you're all in you know and that's it and then I mean, it just, it really does take some wild, crazy belief in yourself. And I have never like, we're on a pace to have a thousand employees in two more years. And, you know, it's just like, man, and, you know, talking about traveling around the world, I've been to the Philippines nine times in the last two years. And that's a 40 hour trip from where I'm at.
0: And
1: <laughs>
2: You know, and it's just like, take some wild, crazy, like get up and just don't care on some days. And, you know, like telling uh, brushing off the nose like there's nothing that nothing gets me more excited and and pumped than people telling me I can't do something <laughs> well, it's me more enjoyable than my average day uh true as well so yeah I mean it really is. just take I mean it takes some like kind of like blind craziness like I've been asking people lately like I'll ask you let me ask you guys a question what's the difference between being a genius and being
0: crazy Ooh, there's a fine line. In my opinion, there's a fine line there. I think, uh, I think the only difference is the result, the intended result, All right? So, because uh, because both do some. Well, let's just face it. Both go out and venture into things that normally other people wouldn't. One goes with the intention of a predictable result, right? So they're, they're actually trying to attain something. The other one's completely lost. They don't know which way is up or down, left or right. And they might stumble into something. They might not. But they're both, uh, they're both a little ballsy, I guess we can say.
1: So what was it, what's the difference between a genius and crazy? between? What's the difference between
2: genius and crazy? Why so serious?
1: <laughs> that right there. <laughs> That's someone who who really really travels that line. Um the difference between genius and crazy. I mean, it, it for me I think it comes down to that that standard definition, right? Just doing the same thing over and over again. There's a lot of smart people that have a lot of really good ideas and they keep trying the same idea over and over and over again and it continues not to work. It's the one that tries it a different way that's able to take a different perspective and a different uh route of attack that that becomes the genius and the other one's just crazy because they keep thinking that the same thing is going to work and it doesn't
2: yeah and i so i've been asking people that question for about a year and a half and one thing that i have realized is that it's 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 an outside perspective and and so you know like and and honestly the best answer i had was from a rock star and he said who cares and i said expand on that man and he goes he goes if you spend time thinking about what other people are defining you as you have less you're 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 taking your eyes off of what you're trying to be a genius at and i was like whoa whoa you can't handle the truth
1: I, I i couldn't
2: at that moment i was like whoa like i had to like literally i like after that, that night I just sat down and I was just like thinking about that forever because he he was right. And, but the, but the key was is, is like I said, some of the best answers for that are are that it is an outside perception, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, and you can draw these, like what's the difference between being obsessed and being driven? Mm -hmm. Because if you ask my wife, she'd say I'm obsessed with our business and everything that I do and all that. And I'm no, I'm honey, I'm driven.
1: You know, it's like, it's just,
0: That concept of perspective, though, that's that's a deep thing. Like, I, I forgot where I heard it already, but but uh, I, I had I came across this perspective the other day where uh, you hear people complaining about social media, right? Oh, I don't like, you know, everything on my feed is so political. I don't agree with anything that that I see on my stuff. Look at all these things. Mm-hmm. And then I heard the perspective the other day that you know what, what you see on your social media feed is a reflection of who you are and what you think about, because the only reason why it's showing up on your feed is because you stop and look at it. So if you're thinking, if you're looking at your feed, you're like, man, there's so much porn on my feed. Well, that's because that's what you're stopping to look at. Oh man, there's so <laughs> much politics because that's what you're stopping and looking at. Right? And I was telling James the other day, you know, I, I'm scrolling through my 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 feeds, and 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 for whatever reason, Mike Tyson and Michael Jordan keep showing up on my on my video feeds, right? They're like whatever's going on. And and James goes, yeah, well that makes sense. You always look at the greats. Like, you're always looking at the goats, yep. and and that's what impresses you. And I'm like. I, I and I understand that because I'll scroll down and, and not that I don't like Mike Tyson or anything, I, but I'll stop real quick and be like, "Ooh, did he knock that dude out?" Like <laughs> just to watch <laughs> the knockout, right? So it it those things are you know having that perspective and understanding that that could be a reflection of who you are. Now it all of a sudden it changes the the point of view of what you're arguing there, right? Now it's like I don't want to make the point that all these politics are showing up because it's going to show you exactly who I am. Or same thing with you know whatever whatever's going on in there perspective to me is, is almost everything. It's the only thing that I can actually control is my perspective on, on, a, on a particular situation. So what do you, I mean, what, what do you think? You think perspective is, is, uh, is given to you or is it something that you actually have uh, an innate control over?
2: Well, I think you have a control over your own reaction. Um, but a lot of people will talk about you know, perception as reality. And then mm. some people are like, no, that can't be the case. But here's the thing is, all right, so Hernan, if I think you're an asshole, in my world, you are, yeah. and so that means that my perception 100%. is a reality. And so, like, and that's the weird thing about everyone's opinion. You know, I had a, I had, I once had someone bring this up. So they showed me a picture of a cow, and the cow was standing sideways, and said, "Is this cow spotted?" And you want to just say, and you can only see one side of it. And you want and it wasn't. It was just white. It was all white, and you, you want to say no, but the correct answer is, I don't know cause you haven't looked at the other side. You didn't crawl underneath it. You haven't opened its mouth. You're not on top of it. And, you know, so perception is a very interesting thing. And that's the same thing with the genius and crazy thing. And, and some of it's like, who cares? You know, it's like, uh, so, I mean, I, I honestly, the best thing I did about 10 years ago is I, I quit giving a shit what, I mean, mm-hmm. what people thought of me in that regard. Now I want people to, now that doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't mean that I'm going around and like doing mischievous, bad stuff, I consider myself to be a remarkably high character person. But I quit caring about the chatter, you know, and, and, and that's tough, too, because you're like, you get it, you guys do a podcast. and And so do I and we do a lot of different stuff. And you know, it's easy to get people's opinion on these things. And they're like, I'll give you an example. So our show's conversational like this, and some people like have sent feedback. Shut up and let the guests talk. <laughs> like fuck you. Like I couldn't. I've told do her on that five. once or twice. I couldn't do this five days. Well, it's one thing to tell your co-hosts? It's another thing. But you know, you get the you get the point, and it's like, I mean, you have to feel good about it too. So some of that you got to just not care because I I think the thing I learned about people that are that are taking shots at you, they're. they're never people that are on top of the mountain and have the ability to pull you up. They're always on the bottom looking Hell up and they're yes. pissed off. And like, and yeah, I've had, I had probably one, we had Yoda on here earlier. who has got a similar hairstyle to me, which I like. <laughs> um, but probably one of the most Yoda like comments was uh, given to me a few years ago and said, Hey man, if you want it, what's harder trying to climb the mountain or asking those on top to pull you up. Mm. And that was another like. There you go. You guys can insert Damn. a video there. Do we have a mind blown one or something like that? Like I don't know, but
1: mind blown one, huh?
2: Or no. just yeah, I know that, which
1: one. The Terry Crews one.
2: Yes. Yeah. Sure. Right. That was so, like my favorite. So do I need to pause and wait for that, or do no, I? No, no, no. Yeah, I don't. We got don't got have it. it right this
1: second. But, oh. but it's so, it's coming. It's coming now. But, but you know that that
2: was the thing. And so the thing is, is like, is is, and I'm serious. Like if you're listening and and you care. Look at the people that are giving you shit and they're talking shit. They are usually the people that aren't doing what you want to do. So they're kind of pissed off that they're not. It's like you know, I don't know anybody that's on the on the top of their game that is spending any time trolling anyone no, or no. or making comments. Oh, yeah. They're like, hey, fuck it, I don't care. I'm just do what I want to do, how I want to do it. Do your thing. Good luck, you know. No, but you know, they're no, not filled with commentary cool. and BS. So you know, I don't know. That
1: is so true. That's such a great line.
0: But it's, and and the reason why it's great and the reason why you agree is because it's absolutely true. Almost anybody who's in it. In almost any field, right? So when you're talking the same thing, you're gonna go on a diet or exercise, and you're like, oh, it's not gonna work. You're not gonna make it. Well, it's probably because the guy's a biggie and he's just sitting on the couch doing nothing, anyways, right? You're yep. you're you're gonna take a risk in your business. Oh pff, that's never gonna work. Well, you haven't even got off your ass to do something in the first place. Like every you're you're absolutely right. And that's that's one of those things where you know, when when I do care about what people think, right? I absolutely do. I just listen. And I take in the information based on who's saying it, and then based on who's saying it and what position they're in, and then I'll, I'll I'll consider that advice. If you're broke and you're trying to give me advice about money, I yep. I'll, I'll listen, but it doesn't mean I'm gonna take that really into huge consideration because it mean it doesn't. It, you're not showing me something that is that is a value at some point, right? So so those things are are uh, are gonna come when you put out your own opinion. Right, you have a podcast. You decide to put out your opinion. Uh, it's, it's concrete. It's de- it's definitive into what you what it, what you believe is is the is the way of the world or whatever. And you're going to have people that disagree, and they're going to voice their opinion. You're literally giving them a platform to come on and say you're wrong. And I don't know about you, but I invite that. Right? I actually yeah, like our whole shows
2: about that. Our whole shows like we don't. So we the when we start we started our show because we wanted to complain about being entrepreneurs. And, you know, so here we are, and I've been successful. The other Matt's been successful. He said, what what should our podcast be about? And we were both like, it shouldn't be about two middle-aged white guys from the suburbs that made a lot of money no one wants to hear that fucking story and so you know so we were like let's and I'm serious like I mean how endearing is that it's not and so so we need to get on and tell the real truth because people they look at they read an article or they see a Wikipedia page or they do something like that and they're like dude this guy never he's never wrong he's the Oracle oh my mm. god you know how often I'm wrong like all the time dude like I try 10 things because I hope one works
0: 60% I, of the time
2: it works every time. Sex <laughs> Panther is way more effective than most of my ideas for sure, like, I, and, and it smells better too. Like, I'll be honest. Like, and, you know, I think one of you guys is on our show on Monday. I got to get my I got to get my sound soundbite game on,
0: man. I, like, <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm gonna
2: do. Like.
0: I mean, you know what, to be honest, the soundbite thing is, is like literally James and I have conversations all the time. I mean, he's literally my brother. So I've known him for, you know, the 37 years that he's been alive. Uh, And, uh, and we tend to finish each other's sentences. Like we drop movie quotes all the time. So we were like, you know what, if we do that in life, why don't you just throw it on the show and just throw them in there? Why not?
2: Right now, I think you need, I'd, I'd have to have I'd have like way too much Ron Burgundy. I like say that. <laughs> <laughs> We've got I've got a twelve person marketing team, and God bless them for putting up with me. But you know, they'll put a put a set list out or do whatever. I'm like, guys, no, you, Ron Burgundy reads what's on the teleprompter. Do not get it wrong.
0: Yes, he's, <laughs> he's, he's from I'm
2: your right. home. He's from your hometown, actually. Right? Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. from San Diego. Right? San Diego. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Stay classy. That's the, that's the whale's vagina,
0: right? Isn't that what the... yeah, it's, it's Spanish. It's Matt, Spanish. Matt, Spanish. Matt, we're going to iron my flag you now. Shit! Language. Wait a second. No one else is going to deal with the fact that Cap just said language? I know.
1: I was waiting to I play that one. I, I, I get it.
2: I get it. I can't be on a San Diego podcast and not drop it. Like, I'll, I'll, share, I'll share this when it comes out with our listeners and they would be mad at me if I didn't really? make it. At least, no, probably so, so, not. So, so,
0: wait, wait. So we're saying that that's just the brand that San Diego's got now?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Outside of San Diego. Yeah. If I told people, if I went in and told 10 people I was on a San Diego based podcast I guarantee I three of them would make an Anchorman quote.
0: Yeah, <laughs> fine by me. Yeah, if it works.
2: If it works, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I should have been flagged for that. By the way, that was. <laughs>
1: that
2: do was, I get a Do I get a was, challenge?
1: Can I? That was the Yeah, my, that was. Here, yeah, hang was on, here's my, I, I my. I'm
2: throwing my challenge flag, guys. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> All right, man. I gotta ask you, man. Football season this weekend. We're supposed to have our fantasy football draft. Um, and the only thing I'm skeptical about is if football is going to happen, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. the way we're supposed to think, are you a football fan? I know you got the, Ken oh, how not be? There, but you got uh, Patrick Mahomes out there and, uh, reigning super bowl champions.
2: I mean, I'm planning on, they better play football cause you don't come off of a season like they just have. And, and not, uh, you know, like, I don't know, man, it's i uh, I've been playing against, I've been watching games against the chargers for years. Um, Boy, that move really worked out for them I bet they missed San Diego like come on guys like get, like there's more fans for the other team in that stadium every single game it's pretty amazing um, uh, I got, I sure hope they play football and you know I'm'm I, I'm, I have some friends that are associated with the Chiefs and they feel pretty confident that they will Um and I'm pretty excited. I mean, it, here's the thing. It's so that you know, I wrote my whole life with the Royals being terrible. And then they won in 2015, which was just unbelievable. I'm a huge baseball fan. And then all of a sudden it was like, wow, maybe the Chiefs aren't so good. What's up with that? Because they, had they hadn't won the Super Bowl since Super Bowl one, And wow. so seeing that occur, that was awesome. And then uh, so we have a suite at the local concert venue and uh, Post Malone was in town the day the Chiefs had the parade and Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey had their own area in the back. And, and let's put it this way. Those dudes can drink some beer. So they deserve <laughs> that. Rig. Like they, were, they were not on the back <laughs> of that Post Malone show. It was pretty, uh, pretty crazy. But yeah, that was fun. And I, I really hope they play football.
0: Yeah, I, I hope so, too. And you're right. The, the Charger move was was horrible for them. Whatever. No big deal. However, I was looking at uh whether fans were going to be admitted into stadiums. Right. And so they were going through the the uh, the NFL had a list of of all the teams and what their agendas were, which teams were letting how many fans in or whatnot. 14
2: percent here. 14 percent
0: there. Right. Which and is so- like
2: 12,000. Yeah, yeah. and an eighty thousand seat stadium. It's yeah, maybe more than that. I don't know. Wow.
0: Well, and then that's uh, it. Got me thinking about the Chargers. So I'm I'm scrolling down. I, I was thinking, you know, they should just say, yes, we're letting unlimited amount of fans come into the
2: Chargers. <laughs> if, anyone, if anyone, if anyone looked better, if anyone looked better from the limited capacity rule, it was definitely the Chargers in their new home. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. They're like, hey, what sweet we only got. some you Uh, somehow you got every single fan that was at the last Chargers game on that last video all five of them (laughs) were there man that was great yeah there it is
0: is. all right we're gonna end on that note (laughs) Matt that was that was great man I, I had fun with you today uh thank you for coming on the show uh, you know, go Kansas city. I'm, I'm still a charger fan, a charger fan, broken hearted charger fan, but we're still, we're still here. And I, and, and just like you said, I'm not going to show up to the stadium. <laughs> I wouldn't go anyways. But, until uh,
1: actually, but before you do uh, sign off here, can you, for our listening audience, uh, give her, give them a shout out, let them know where they can find you find more information.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to sing that San Diego Superchargers song. Yeah. <laughs> course, San
1: Diego is Superchargers, Super- isn't that how
2: it goes? San like, Diego Superchargers. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow, wow, good
1: um, times, good times. Yeah, uh,
2: you can find me. You can check out the Startup Hustle podcast. Go to Fullscale.io. Uh, you can find my books on Amazon if you just search Matt DeCourcy. I'm I'm all over. Although the I need I have notes. Update internet. Um, Uh, and I'll get after that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm easy to find. There's not a whole lot of Matt DeCorsi's out there. So yeah, I'm pretty, pretty easy to, to, to look up.
0: Just look up the two Matt's and the two Jill's. We'll find it.
1: Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) There it is.
0: All right, man. Well, thank you. Thanks again for coming on the show. Ladies and gents, enjoy the rest of your S H I T so happy it's Thursday. Thursday. Peace. Bye-bye. And we're out.